This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Standing tall, takes a shot toward the end zone. Has Ross caught over the head. Over the shoulder grab for a touchdown. His seventh of the season. Duke Thomas in coverage. And we know Rashad can dance. That highlight courtesy of the... AAF, the now defunct AAF. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> Alliance. It's Mackie and Judd with Robbie. On the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. We'll wrap with Royce this hour at 540. So, Judd, what are you going to do with your weekends now, my friend, now that you don't have the AAF to indulge in anymore? It's a very, very sad day, first of all. for And then, by the way, it was the Alliance. I refuse. I know you're showing disrespect. I know you're showing disrespect. Well, yes. By saying AAF, um, have they not at this and point? By the way, it's not my disrespect. It's not defunct yet. They are they are actively uh, laying off people as we speak, and and they're shuttering for the rest of the year. But they're not calling themselves dead yet. But we're going to turn our attention now. They're looking for another guy to pose as an investor and rip them off and so, run away with to the, the money. XFL. Okay, <laughs> so actually, we're turning our attention to the XFL. The league timeline is on the screen behind Rami, and it's it's literally five items on the league timeline going back to. The launch was announced in March 2018, and the third item was some dude agreed to invest $250 million Tom just a couple Dundon, weeks ago. Who yes. was the Carolina Hurricanes. Yes. So Correct. going to make an assumption that that wasn't an ironclad, well, it's one of two things. Either that wasn't an ironclad, fully guaranteed investment, or they're really good at burning through a quarter billion dollars in like three weeks. Well, it's not quite as it may seem. Phil Mackey, as Darren Ravel tells us on uh, theactionnetwork.com. That's where Darren Ravel is nowadays. He said, Tom Dundon effectively bought a majority stake in the league in mid-February with the league announcing his commitment of $250 million. It became later clear that Dundon, who owns the Carolina Hurricanes, was funding the league on a week-to-week basis with his approximate total commitment being $70 million to that point. After the deal with Dundon, sources say it became clear to league co-founders Charlie Ebersol and Bill Polian that Dundon's objectives were different from the original plan. Ebersol and Polian's plan was to develop the league for three years on its own before becoming a feeder system to the NFL. Dundon, however, wanted to create that minor league relationship immediately and sought to use the leverage of folding the AAF to get a deal with the NFL Players Association to better ensure a flow between leagues. As it stood, the NFL uh, collective bargaining agreement would not allow several of Dundon's asks, including a flexible system between AAF players and NFL practice squads. Hey, can I real quick? Can I just ask a question? Yes. So the, the three co-founders were uh, were Charlie Ebersol, yep. Bill Polian, and then who's the the other investor guy? Tom Dundon. Tom Dundon seems yes. like the the main money guy. Yeah. He came in, how, yeah. How I, I get where the Ebersol money comes from. Like Dick Ebersol, yeah. Charlie's father, is worth. Tens of millions of dollars. In fact, a quick Google search of the Ebersol family net worth is between fifty and a hundred million dollars. So I could see how you'd be involved. Like Bill Polian got paid pretty well as a general manager, but 
I guess Bill Polian investing no. millions of dollars no in this league. No his, his I, name bought him a stake. I think okay. he was his the name and know how. He's the expertise guy. Right. And Ebersol brought the money. But also, and I did not realize this, Vikings fans, we missed the boat on this from the same story um, that you read from Rami from the Action Network. Before Dundon came along, the league's main investor was Reggie Fowler, who, who initially was, of course, what, in 2000-something, was going to buy the Vikings yeah. before having financial issues. Yeah, he committed $170 million to the AAF, according to sources, after being vetted and suggested to the AAF by NFL executives themselves. Fowler, this is shocking, had only put up $28 million by the time Dundon swooped in. Reggie Fowler, who was the guy who came in and said, I'm six foot one and tons of fun, and was going to buy the Vikings. And what saved the, the Vikings was, I believe the Wilfs were going to be investors. And then basically it turned out that Fowler did not have the cash. And so he became the investor and the Wilfs bought the Vikings. How on earth, if you're the AAF though, and you're thinking, okay, we're going to start this league, right? We're going to start this league and we need... A big cash influx. And we got to be smart here, or else we're, we're going to fold in, in early April of 2019. How does Reggie Fowler end up being your guy? Well, that's there's there are so many. We should do, like, the 50 unanswerable questions about the eight-week uh, and then demise of the AAF. So, yeah. Oh, there is more. This Dundon dude. I mean, go ahead and finish, no, no, finish no, no. the answer to keep your question. Reading. But this Dundon dude is a... He's a piece of work. Let's keep going. So when he decided to invest in the AAF... Uh, it it was under the understanding that he took unilateral control of the board, meaning any decision he wanted to make, including folding the league, was his to make. Then Dundon funded the league payroll. Sources say he did not pay vendors that worked with the AAF, many of whom are still looking for their money. And then this little tidbit from Albert Breer, he says perception inside the AAF is that Hurricanes owner Tom Dundon bought a majority stake in the league simply for the gambling app being developed Source, quote, Dundon got the technology he wanted, and now he's minus one rather large headache. So, wait a second. He, the AAF was developing a, a gambling app. So he just wanted the technology. He wanted the technology from the gambling app. And so then use it somewhere else. Now people are saying he, he bought the AAF under the guise of wanting to run this football league and then came up with this premise of, well, I'll, I'll use this as, as my... As as where I'm drawing the line in the sand. If the NFL doesn't allow us to be a feeder system, I'm going to shut this league down. When apparently some people think his intentions the whole time was to shut the league down, take his his investment in that technology and run with it, and just use the whole feeder system thing as as the the excuse for his way of getting it. Couldn't he have just found a couple dudes in Silicon Valley to? Build a gambling app I don't know. for I a lot say, less headache and maybe less money. What's, I don't know. what's the deal with this app then? How old is this guy? Dundon. So he's like a seventy-eight year old. Like, no, is he no, just, he's young. Is he young guy. He's young. Okay, he's young and progressive and and Mark Cuban esque. Okay, all right, but interesting. Did, it, did, did, did so was he ever like Mark Cuban esque? Was he? Was this guy ever on Shark Tank and two random dude? Did Bill Polian? And uh, well, and, and, and Charlie Ebersol pitch him a new football league on ABC. If you ever think about this, if there's if there's an old guy who who might might be like you got a lot of cash, it's great, 
and gets used. <laughs> Bill Polian might be the poster child right now. There was right? a, a sad statement I just saw on Sports Center here over Rami's shoulder from oh. Bill Polian using words like regrettably this league was positioned for success and uh Oh, I have the whole yeah. statement from Mr. Polian oh, right here in front of me, okay. if you care to hear it. Rest in peace, He says, when AF. Mr. Dundon took over, it was the belief of my co-founder, Charlie Everson, and myself that he would finish the season, pay our creditors, and make the necessary adjustments to move forward in a manner that made economic sense for all. The momentum generated by our players, coaches, and football staff had us well-positioned for future success. Regrettably, we will not have that opportunity. I sincerely regret that many that believed in this project will see their hopes and efforts unrealized rewarded they gave their best for which i am deeply grateful unfortunately mr dundon has elected this course of action question number 14 here okay Okay. all right if i am starting a league and and i'm saying to to myself i want i want somebody with national football league experience who knows people in that league involved and i get polian all right don't i immediately say bill can we go to work right now on getting Practice squad players on our rosters. Like, why three years? So they they were going to establish themselves and prove themselves. I get that part. But if Bill Polian gets involved, don't I want to use him immediately to get that that feeder system going? Because there was no way. Dundon had to know, right? Dundon had to know fully that there was no way that he was going to step in here and and within weeks and or months get the National Football League now to sign off on providing players so he he i'm sure did exactly what that story says which is got his hands on the app and things like that but if i get bill pulling involved don't i want a system or a league that can basically reach into the pros then and say okay at least practice squad qbs can play in my league uh that's a great unanswerable question but i mean i I just i'm thinking through all this stuff it makes no sense i I have another one real quick okay (laughs) If, and there's a story out that Vince McMahon just sold $272 million in WWE stock to fund the XFL, which answers this question in part. Must be cool to have if $272 million to throw away, because right. that's exactly what he just did. But, like, if you're if you're about to launch another football league, and you just saw this one get lit on fire after eight weeks, right? are you really eager to jump into and say, all right, well, let, let me take a stab with a quarter billion dollars? And I saw Stephen A. Smith today say that, well, XFL will run into these problems because Vince McMahon has $272 million. Do you have any idea how fast you can burn through $272 million when you're trying to run a national foot, not the National Football League, but a National Football League? It's $272 million will be gone like that. It's not going to take that long for the XFL to go the route of the, of the, of the AAF. And I really don't understand... Why all these leagues think that they can be a feeder system for the NFL? The NFL doesn't need a feeder system. They have a feeder system. It's called college football, and it's free to them. They don't pay anything for that. I don't know why these leagues think that they have some sort of leverage over the NFL that they can say, hey, you know what we could do for you? We could be a feeder yeah. system for it. <laughs> we don't need that. And the NFL's like, cool, uh, LSU already is. Right, yeah. Ohio Alabama State. already is. Yeah. That's but fine. I, I don't get this three-year thing. Like okay, so you were gonna play as an independent league for three years, and then, and then they they were gonna say the, the alliance well, looks no. so great. Now we'll put our young quarterbacks in your Here, league. Here's why. It, no, here's why it's a three year thing. This is just my speculation. 
the alliance says we want to use you guys uh, in a partnership, and the partnership would be you promote us so that we don't go belly up, and then we'll provide you with players. And the NFL is like, to what Rami said, <laughs> actually Alabama provides us with players. So <laughs> get, get back to us when you're relevant, and then we can discuss this. And they said, okay, cool, three years. We'll, uh, we'll figure this thing out in three years. Uh, the XFL has not tweeted yet today. But they are still tweeting from this XFL 2020 account that has 98,000 followers. They're still tweeting promotional stuff as of 24 hours ago uh, that says gameplay testing at the Spring League. Apparently there's a Spring League somewhere. Not not familiar. Goal to speed up the game. 30-second play clock. Dedicated ball spotting official. So there's going to be an official that's only job is ball spotting. We we're gonna have to pay, for of a course. Second, yeah. yeah, that's not a waste of money at all. Mm-mm. No, four total timeouts per team, as opposed to three per half. Yeah, and a running game clock that doesn't stop. So the games are—it's going to be like Tecmo Super Bowl, where the, apparently the games like, just take twenty minutes. So it's go fast. And, and the XFL twenty twenty is supposed to start next spring. In 2020, actually, but next spring. So, right, so I we're not so. going to try and okay. The spring league tweeted out upon the folding of the AAF. You can follow them at the spring league. <laughs> Are you a what? Pro- are you, I swear to God, are, are you, and it's What's a ver- it's here? a verified account. It says, "Are you a professional football player that joined the AAF? <laughs> Finding yourself without a place to play the game you love? Hit us up." This is such a Vince Johnny Manziel. His next league will be the XFL. Probably. So this is the I love. I'm not. We're just now. We're just reading news stories, and I'm fine because this is amazing stuff. But uh, from Pro Football Talk. Vince McMahon sells $272 million in WWE stock to fund the XFL. Well, he did this in order to prove that they can fund it for more than one year. So so his PR statement, unless it's just a pure coincidence that this is happening today, his PR statement is basically, oh, like here are my grapefruits on the table. Yeah, I have enough money to fund my league for multiple years. <laughs> this is the XFL. <laughs> I want to go back. I want to go back to the race for the ball at midfield I love instead that. of the coin flip. I love that. I want the I race for the ball. That. You know what? The XFL sh- should be. We don't care about concussions. We're playing football, Man. and we're going back to the race for the ball at midfield. Man. Like, okay, I have another unanswerable question. Okay, if you're like in your seventies and you've already built up, and your name is William. No, your name is Vince. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, this is just a, yeah, he can't help himself. And you've built up, I don't know, somewhere between $500 million and a billion dollars yeah. in net worth, depending on what reports you read. Like, do you really need to take a quarter billion no. dollars out of the company that's, no, absolutely that's been built not. for 40 years and do this? No. Like, really? I, I mean, don't get it. What is Who's I, showing this to? Is, have they reached a TV deal yet with these? Uh... I don't think they have. Okay. But... They've they've had no problem striking deals with their WWE product with Fox with um, USA Network. So I'm in. By the way, still on the XFL. Like, this really doesn't. Out? This, I'm out now. The I'm AF done. doesn't I'm done deter me at all. From I'm being, done with these small I'm leagues because I believed Vince. opening night. I believed. <laughs> how long do you give it? The XFL. The XFL. Like to watch it or for it no, to how, be alive? For how long will it be alive? A season. Yeah, I give it two seasons. It'll max. be a season. He's gonna want. I think they two either fold seasons after, just to prove that he can go beyond what the first version of the XFL. I think they fold either after or during the second season okay. of the XFL. But why is he doing this? Like he has done this before. He's been down this path. I could see if this was his first football venture. But my God, we went down this exact path. 
Okay, here's more from the story. McMahon still controls the WWE, but he's, but he's made it clear that he's serious about pouring his own money into the XFL. McMahon said he's ready to spend $500 million over the first three years of the XFL to get the league off the ground, suggesting that even if the league struggles to gain traction at first, he'll stick with it rather than pulling the plug after one season, which he did last time he launched the XFL, in which the AAF is doing today. Won't happen. He's going to blow his whole... His whole he's got kids, stash, right? Stash apparently. He's got kids. Yeah, I'd be very like, Dad, prominent I'd be children. Like, yes. Dad, no, you're not doing this. Triple H is his son-in-law, actually. Like for real, it's not. Just Dad, a we're sending you line. to an old folks' home right now. You're not doing this. <laughs> yeah, that intro video. Do you remember the whole thing? Oh, we're going to be inside the cheerleaders' yeah. locker room. <laughs> they would tease that. Coming up next, we're going to take you inside the cheerleaders' changing room. <laughs> the thirty for thirty. So on, creepy. On the XFL is fantastic. <laughs> Make it more exciting. Oh, man. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North. Purple Daily. Football has been my love and passion my entire life. Find out what's happening with the purple and talk about it. You and I are not on the same page. That's what makes this more fun. Breaking it down. Do I think that is the Vikings' long-term solution at quarterback to a problem in this town that's been a problem for a long, long time? Absolutely not. Because the Vikings are on your mind all the time, not just during the season. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that all day. I'm not surprised. Football wins. Football always wins, right? Purple Daily on Score North. ScoreNorth.com. All right. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. You guys want to give some stuff away here? Always like giving stuff away. away. Yeah. Okay. When it's not my stuff. Oh, dang it. Actually, I'm going to scratch this shirt off Rami's back read here (laughs) that I was going to do. So this weekend, when peak Final Four time period hits, on Saturday night, courtesy of TCL, Top Golf is putting on a super fun, huge college basketball sort of watch party. So right now, caller number uh, let's go caller number five to six five one six four six eight two five five. You get a pair of tickets to Top Golf to watch the big basketball games this Saturday night, courtesy of TCL and the brand new esports lounge benefiting Ronald McDonald House. So your tickets give you exclusive access to the TCL esports lounge, drinks, dinner, complimentary open golf. Video game play, silent auction, and more. You'll also play alongside some of Minnesota's top athletes, including uh, Vikings Hall of Famer and Hall of Famer John Randall, Josh Kogi from the Timberwolves, Corey Koski's going to be there from the Twins. I'm going to stop by. Not that I belong in the same sentence as any of those people. Are you not the same type of athlete as those guys? No? Well, some might say that, uh, you know, back in the old Little League days... <laughs> No, Buffalo High School, you haven't heard the stories? Buffalo That's High thrilling. School? That's right. Not, no. Stay after the show sometime. <laughs> oh, I wish I could. I'd He'll regale thing. you with his feats. I have uh, a uh, thing to do. So uh, well, you got things too? I got things right? as well. Yeah, okay. it's just darn it. Too More details on how you can attend uh, are scorenorth.com, keyword TCL. Uh, all right, I'm confused now. Oh, boy. I'm looking at a Jeff Passan report. So we we had Okuna sign an eight-year, $100 million deal with the Braves earlier today, or agree, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay, Passon's now reporting that a starter, and I'm going to butcher his first name, is it German or Herman Marquez? Yes. And the Colorado Rockies are in agreement. <laughs> Marquez and the Rockies are in agreement on a five-year, $43 million extension, pending a f- physical blah, blah, blah. Um, what's Okay, what's going on here? Like, we are having an inordinate amount of young players. Are, are they seeing what's happening to guys who are hitting the open market? In the last two winters, they've just been completely stifled, and so they're saying, screw it, I'll take the cash now. Like, something, this is... 
This is now one to two to three a week, what's it the, feels like. What's the... Five years, $43 million extension. Well, I mean, some of it, some of it, I'm just speculating. It makes here. sense from a team standpoint. I'm just, it's interesting. Well, but it makes sense from a personal, just think about it from a human standpoint. If somebody says, hey, this is ironclad guaranteed money. It's $100 million, Acuna. It's 43 or $50 million, Marquez. I don't care who you are. If you've never had money like that in your life, and maybe you even come from some sort of poverty background, I don't know enough about Marquez's background or Acuna's. I know Acuna's from Venezuela. I, I'm guessing he didn't grow up with a lavish lifestyle. And so if somebody puts $100 million ironclad guaranteed, dude, if you get hit by a bus, you get $100 million. Like, hopefully you survive the bus hit so you can spend that money. But if you blow your elbow out, if you're a pitcher, I would even be more likely if I was a pitcher. And someone said, here's $40 million or $60 million or $100 million. If you have nine Tommy John surgeries, guess what? You get $43 million or $50 million. So I can, I can see it from both sides. It's easy to sit back and say, man, that's a really team-friendly deal. Yeah, but it's also like... Millions and millions of dollars for somebody who probably doesn't have it, and you're you're getting you're getting that security, and you're getting more money at the front end of the contract than you would had you gone through the arbitration yeah. route. I was actually during the break. Bob Nightingale tweeted this out: the deal is a hundred million dollars. He learned one million dollars in this coming season, five million in twenty twenty one, which is probably more than he would have gotten in arbitration. Right, fifteen million in uh, in twenty twenty two, which again more than he would have gotten seventeen million. 2023 through 2026, which there, I think 2025, he could have hit free agency. That would have been the first year that he could have hit free agency had he not signed this deal. So 2025 and 2026, he'll be underpaid for what the market is is paying guys of his ilk at, at that time where they to hit the open market. But for three or four years, He's going to make more with the Braves than than he would had they gone the arbitration route. So you're getting the long term security and the hundred million dollars, like Phil said, which is hard to pass up. And in in the front end of the deal, you're you're making yeah. more money than than you would have otherwise. In fact, let me ask it this way: If you didn't have an agent, because really it's the, the agent is the one that's gauging well market value, and here's what you could get long term. And if you rode this out in a different way, if you didn't have an agent and you were just a 21 or a 23 year old kid from a non-glamorous background, and someone said, hey, here's, we know you haven't really done anything yet. We want to give you $43 million because we like you. You would never say no to that unless you had an agent that said, well, right, which we is could why, probably get 80 if we Which is why you summer, do right? have one. And the agent is working in his own interest saying, well, Absolutely. I could probably gamble a little and get an extra, Yeah, I could double my 10% commission. This, is this young players seeing what's going on when guys do hit the market now, which the last two years has been very slow and saying bleep it it's going in this direction and so i'll just take i'll take what i can get right now and and to the point rami made for a couple of years i will be paid really well compared to what i would have gotten but then when i allowed my my first years in free agency to be bought out i won't be as as well paid and this also comes back to my thought that a work stoppage is going to happen because the agents and the players association are going to start to say hold yeah. on a second here you guys you guys fight way too hard to to get your 6 years accrued to be giving up at least 2 years of those 6 mm-hmm. years or or you know cuz you're basically you're basically forfeiting what you would get if you broke the bank on the open market but i think we're also getting to the point where players are saying it's a lot and i'm afraid mm-hmm. that if i get to those 6 years and i sit there and i sit there that doesn't look good what if I teed it up another way? 
you get to the end of your life and you're on your deathbed, hopefully you're old, right? Hopefully you're, you're like 80. Unless you get hit by a bus. Well, I'm saying that you, you know. In which case, it's, it's, you got time to say scenario. goodbye. Okay, all right. <laughs> Are you really going to look back on your life if you if if when you were 22 years old, no, and someone offered you 50, but dang, you could have got 100. Are you going to be laying there when you're 80 years old, thinking, God, and to think, could have had. All right, could have had. Let me present it this. 50 million dollars. Let like, me present you're, it this you're, way. You're rich. Then. You're rich. You're no. You're you're a thousand percent right. I'll spin it this way though. If you're an agent or, or you work for the players' association, I don't think you like to see this. Because you're right, as far as the players go, they're happy. And and there might come a time in 2025 where you do say, oh my gosh, what? why did I take that contract back in 2019? But I'm with you on what the players are thinking. I just find it interesting from a baseball perspective because this is the one players' association that, that until recent years has been super, super strong. They're the ones, I think, who are saying this has to stop. Yeah, well. Not the players. Baseball is baseball. Just I think I feel like this I just is interesting. Saw a press release from their players' association. They just hired like a new lawyer. They're like lawyering. Up I now. don't think Tony Clark's that that great. I, I think Tony Clark's going to be out, and I think they're going to get somebody strong in. And I think when when the CBA is up for what is it two thousand twenty two or two thousand twenty one that it expires, I think it's going to be really interesting. Hey, uh, just topic change here. How do you guys feel about Charles Davis, NFL analyst? I like him, Judd. He's very solid. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Because hot off the presses earlier this afternoon, NFL.com, Charles Davis has done some mocking here. Okay. Let's That's go. Right. Here we go. Let's, he has a mocking license? I don't know. Maybe he's mocking without I a license. Like, I, I like know. him, Could but be. I don't see him as a mocking guy. I didn't know you had to have a license. Oh, oh, to mock? I was about to put up my own mock. Oh, I didn't, be I didn't careful. know. Oh, okay. Yeah, be careful. Well, all right. I'll put that away. I'll yeah, close the, that file. Yeah, the mock police. You gotta, you gotta be careful. You never. All right. So let's let's go through some of the highlights. And you see... with the long hair, pull it over. <laughs> <laughs> let's see who Charles Davis has the Vikings picking in the first round of his. I think this is 1.0 here. I think this is it for this is. No, oh, sorry, it's a 2.0. Oh. He's done some. Oh, okay. he's mocked before. Right. He's mocked before. All right. Number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals, according to Charles Davis, Kyler Murray. It's becoming a, a trend across mockers. Nick Bosa to the 49ers. The other Josh Allen to the Jets. He has, where's the next quarterback? Drew Locke going to the Denver Broncos with the number 10 overall pick. Bengals taking Dwayne Haskins at 11 as a future replacement for Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. And then you get down to, oh, there's uh, Daniel Jones, another quarterback to the Giants at 17. And according to Charles Davis, NFL.com, Mock Draft 2.0, he has the Minnesota Vikings selecting. And he guesses. And he positional guesses. Rami? I'm going to say a linebacker. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say a defensive tackle. Tight end, TJ Hawkinson. Oh, 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 oh. Mock. Mock. Wow. Whoa. Kyle, can I we talk? Kyle, this is Rick on line one. I'm going to need you to come in. Right now, here's the here's the write up and and uh, uh, Hawkinson from Iowa, redshirt sophomore. So this is the earliest he can come out. Head coach Mike Zimmer has made no bones about it. He wants to run the football more frequently in 2019. The best blocking tight end in the draft will help in a big way, and he can catch the ball well too. But isn't it sort of isn't Hawkinson regarded as a guy that 
Iowa probably didn't exactly squeeze all of the pass catching toothpaste out of the tube there, and that if he gets to the NFL, he could become maybe what Kyle Rudolph has become in some ways. He's not. You're not drafting a blocking tight end number eighteen. No, but I mean that. You need a blocking. You need anybody who can block right now in front of Kirk Cousins. So bring him in for his blocking ability, sure. and 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 then you know water that flower bed that is his receiving ability, and hopefully that that blooms one day. But I'll take a blocking tight end. Yeah, if I'm if I'm the Vikings, I'll take a blocking tight end. I want a mock. mock. <laughs> All right. I want to mock. mock. On a scale of one to ten, booze. Not booze, but boo. Okay. At the Vikings draft party. How much? How much because of the boo, be a lot of both, Because probably. of the booze, how much is booing does a tight end get them? Scale of one to ten. It sh- I don't think it should get. First of all, if you can put weapons around, people are are focused on offensive line, rightfully so. Yeah. But if you can also add weapons to Kirk Cousins' arsenal, and I'm just asking here. a guy not- who can. A guy who can be your tight end of the future as well. I mean, Kyle Rudolph is no spring chicken anymore. He makes a lot of money. You're you're going to need to address that at some point. So, I'm I'm speaking logically here at the draft well, party when people fan. are eight drinks in. Give me a Viking. There's going to be some booze if they draft. This is the funny part. Most often, if if your team drafts an offensive lineman, like a left guard, especially an interior offensive lineman. In the first round. It's a huge buzzkill, yeah. right? Because it's not fun. It's not right. flashy. It's not a quarterback. It's not a wide receiver. The biggest ovation will be if they draft a left guard. Like the biggest possible pop you'll hear at the draft parties if, if they announce left guard out of blank. People will lose the their Vikings. damn mind. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like they just won the Super Bowl. Yes. So if they Titan might get some some booing though. What would, Kyle might be replaced. They're going to be afraid they love Kyle Rudolph. Here's what I picture. I don't know where we'll be for draft day, but here, I picture them taking this tight end and everybody booing. The whole bar is filled with booze, and then Phil stands up on the bar in front of everybody and goes, "Hey guys, he can block too!" And then everybody starts clapping and cheering, and everybody is happy again. And I want to mock. mock. That's how I picture. <laughs> if only were that simple, Rami. I want to. If only it were that simple. Everybody, calm down. He can block as well. Yay! What would, what would be, aside from kicker, punter, long snapper, like the positions that are in play, what would generate the most negative reaction position-wise with a pick at 18? Cornerback. Cornerback? I think cornerback. So, yeah. It's like every year. I think line, linebacker would be very high. Don't you guys? I think cornerback would get more negative cornerback, reaction. Yeah, cornerback, How many damn cornerbacks do you need to draft would be the question. Cornerback one, linebacker two. Safety? Defensive back. Okay. Wins. But defensive tackle, I think, would be would be booed. Yeah. Tight end, I don't. I think you're probably right. I think tight end wouldn't be embraced, but I don't think it would get, I don't think it would get Huge booze. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I would. Uh, I would actually love a TJ Hawkinson pick at 18. If you also then drafted an offensive lineman, maybe in the second or third round. But hey, now that they got Jones back in the mix, I don't even know if you need to draft offensive lineman. You got with their first pick, the Vikings take <laughs> TJ Hawkinson, and they're also immediately we release Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just go wrestling. That'd be great if wow. they announced that. Just from go the re- podium. Just go wrestling. Just go full throttle. <laughs> Uh, just a reminder real quick here before we wrap with Royce, there are three great ways to listen to score North while you're on the go. And obviously you're listening to one of them right now. So, uh, hopefully we're filling you in on a couple other ways. The score North mobile app, which is available in the Apple and Google play stores. That's right. We have our own mobile app that rewards people. The longer they listen live, 
You can rack up points and the potential for more rewards. And it's also a one-stop shop, the Scornorth mobile app, for all of our written content at scornorth.com. Guys like Judd, Matthew Collar, Danny Cunningham, Derek Wetmore. Uh, way number two, you can type in live.scornorth.com into your web browser or into whatever. It's the desktop, tablet, uh, laptop, even your mobile device. Live.scornorth.com is a great way. And then uh, if you have an Amazon Alexa device, all you have to do is say, Alexa, open Scornorth. Voila, you will be listening to Scornorth on 1500. Um, let's talk about pothole season again. Pothole update, 2019. Pothole watch. Luther Brookdale Toyota is helping us not only dodge potholes with this public service announcement, but if you happen to, you know, drive right into one like I've done a couple times, that's the best service department in the Twin Cities, and they will help fix your car and uh, make sure that your alignment is not messed up and uh, that there's not damage that you can't really see, which can cause bigger problems later on. So uh, I, I, I like that at least on the streets that I've been driving, there's been some filling in of potholes, but it's still tough to bat a thousand when you're driving around this time of year. Spring in Minnesota is pothole season. So why don't you bring your car in if you're unsure or if you're a little bit nervous about damage, the best service department in the twin cities, a place that my family and I have been going to for three plus decades, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and Luther Brookdale, Toyota, Dot com. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami, and we wrap with Royce when we come back. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami. And uh, if you missed our announcement yesterday or earlier today on, on Twitter, new show alert on Score North tonight. In about 15 minutes, it's the debut of Royce on baseball with guest this week, Buster Olney. Also, Tim Kirkjian and Tom Kelly are going to be regulars on the show. Uh, so you can you can find it. Live on Score North, and uh, you can find it at 6 o'clock every Tuesday, or we now have a full lineup of twin shows Monday through Friday that you can find on demand. Just search Score North Twins anywhere you find podcasts. Scorenorth.com is a great place to find it. So Mondays and Wednesdays, the Score North Twin Show with a rotating cast, Derek Wetmore, Rami Makhlouf, myself, Phil Mackey, Judd Zilgad. On Tuesdays, it's Royce on baseball. Thursdays, it's Glenn Perkins on baseball. And Friday, it's Five Thoughts. You can find all those, again, on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you find podcasts. So, Pat, uh, welcome in. Byron Buxton still batting ninth, even though he's uh, he's flirting with <laughs> flirting with Ted Williams' 400 batting well, average. We're taking, we're taking the pressure off him, even though he's uh, pretty much making it clear that he doesn't feel any pressure because he's mad at everybody, and he's <laughs> going to go out and swing the bats. But uh, I uh, that was Rocco's explanation for it. I think it's also the second leadoff hitter concept, right? Of, uh, you know, if you if he gets on base and then you got the top of the order coming up, you're going to get him home. But uh, yeah, it does seem kind of uh, kind of uh, silly that we we feel like we got to take the pressure off him when you basically got an angry fellow who's feeling no pressure and just wants to prove everybody wrong. Uh, I think before the year's over, he'll be hitting uh, either, you know, second or sixth or something like that. I, I think it'll happen fairly soon, the way he's swinging that. So, I, I, but you know, they got their theories, so we'll let them go with them for a while here. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they, they're the antithesis of the the Ron Gardenhire era Twins, who would stick a guy in a spot in the batting order and not move him all season long. I would be shocked if they didn't move Byron Buxton up in the order if this keeps up for a few weeks. But do you think this will keep up, Pat? Are you starting to buy into what you're seeing from Byron Buxton? Well, no, he's not going to hit 430 or whatever he's hitting. But, uh, yes, I think he's going to be an effective hitter this year because 
Now he'll have a. Uh, here's going to be the key when he goes zero for eighteen with eight strikeouts. Um, uh, you know, some Monday through Friday. If he panics again, or if he sticks with what he's doing, which is hitting first pitch fastballs and uh, and being very aggressive and wanting to put the ball in play and not worried about uh, you know what uh, you know that he should take more pitches and you know all, all that stuff. Uh, he they, he got that in his head that oh boy, if he could walk or bunt or any of that stuff, uh, forget the bunt, forget the walk, get a hit a double because all you got to do is hit a single and half the time that's a double so uh just uh you know just keep swinging the bat because when you get the inevitable slump that really to me is the key to being a good hitter is the guys that can take the 0 for 18s without having to blow their minds it it'll be interesting to see if our guy eddie you know eddie doesn't have a hit yet is eddie no, nope. I don't think Eddie's the kind of guy to panic. But if if Byron Buxton had come out of the shoot zero for ten, then we'd be all ah. Uh, Eddie's lucky that Kirloff is injured. Otherwise, I think uh, I might sign up. <laughs> yeah, they'd, they'd get him up here. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's uh, Buck. Yeah, again, as I said, it's how do you handle the how do you handle the down stuff? And right now, I think he's going to handle it okay. I like his new attitude, which is. The hell with the world. I'm going to do what I do, and uh, I hope he keeps that up. I got a question for you, fellas, about the AAF. I was going to so bring we, that we, up. We yes. Add it to the pile of unanswerable questions that we threw out well, earlier. I mean, here is the deal. They actually had for a for a new league coming out of nowhere, decent, okay football uh, TV ratings, mm-hmm. and they uh, were getting fairly decent reviews on the quality of the football so what what uh business plan that they have did they have that would be this rapid of a failure what did they expect 45,000 people to show up for every game i mean what what was their business plan if if <laughs> if you were going to be a mild success on tv and a mild success as far as public perception, what, how can you possibly be going out of business? Because what could have you expected more than that? Hey, Pat, what I'm saying. Did, did you see, and, and I did not realize this until I read the Darren Ravel story today. Did you see who the main investor was before they had to reach out to the guy that owns the Hurricanes who is basically folding them? The league's main investor was Reggie Fowler. Well, you just answered my question. Now, we're <laughs> now, I don't, now I no longer have to ask any questions. I, I did foot not, and tons uh, of fun. You know. mm-hmm. Well, remember when it was uh, the Star Tribune was being accused of being racist because they pointed out Reggie didn't have any money. So, uh, you know, we wouldn't have asked this question about, uh, about other people. We will just let them make the claim that they're... Didn't Reggie first tell us he had more money than Bill Gates? Is that isn't that right? Oh, it's very am possible. I, I, no, you might be right. Didn't he, I mean, he was telling about uh, the uh, incredible amount of money. So, but Polian, well, I'm not a Polian fan, but didn't he had to know all about Reggie Fowler? Right? They had to have. Had now to you're have asking the questions we asked. Yeah, there's a lot of these. <laughs> yes. Well, the other one. Yeah. So the other question we asked was if you're so Vince McMahon, you know, in the XFL 2020. A story just popped up this afternoon. Vince McMahon, in response, took $272 million in WWE stock 
and withdrew it, essentially, just to prove that he has enough money to fund the XFL for three years, regardless of a slow start. So their response is, no, we're still going to do the XFL thing, and we're doubling down. Wow. Well, you know, the one thing, I think I said this before, but the one thing the league did was you couldn't blitz. You couldn't, you know, they, they took away some of the things to make their their uh, mediocre quarterbacks look a little better. And that's the only way you can have watchable football is if you have quarterbacks. The big problem in all the other leagues they've had is the quarterbacks have been so inept that you immediately see that they can't play and you you turn them off. Well, here they, you know, I, the, the little bit I watched, you know, the quarterbacks were making throws because there wasn't any pressure. And it was it was almost like uh, you know a, a, a pro day workout in a college and uh, and and they were some of the guys were making decent throws but I, I guess this pretty much this is amazing now that Judd told me who the main investor was <laughs> is Sacco still alive Judd I don't Sacco. know I want Sacco Bamacus they could have gotten Sacco I don't, and Frenchy together here Pat I don't think he is. I'll well, try and find well, out. I don't think he too is. bad because I love I, I, We were all suspicious, gentlemen, when Sacco came to buy the. He was going to build his own stadium up by Forest Lake, right, Judd? Yes. He was going to build a hundred, the, the Star Dome or something, yes, 100,000 yes. He was going to build it by himself and fund the team. But we all got a little suspicious because he was staying in a Super 8 up there someplace. So uh, we thought maybe if he had that kind of money, he might get himself a suite in a four-star hotel. That was that was the greatest. I got uh, I wrote a column about because the Reggie Fowler thing. We were accused of being uh, racist. So I read I wrote a column about us being anti-Greek because we didn't believe Sacco. And I called my friend John Devalis to to have him. He was going to get the order of the Helena or whatever they are up in arms because we weren't trusting this good, great Greek Sacco. And the next day, Davalis gets a call from from Sacco asking if he wants to be an investor. (laughs) (laughs) My friend Davalis. So we had some beauties running around here. We had Reggie and who was our baseball guy? Oh, Don Don Beaver. Not. No, that was the uh, that was the uh, the Charlotte guy. But we had a oh, did we else. have a didn't we have another guy that was going to come up and build the ballpark and and do everything? I, Not that I, I can recall. I now Tom Clancy okay. was going to buy the Vikings at one point. Yes, he didn't, and that fell yeah, through. He, he wanted to he wanted to put five million in. We all got the big uh, bandwagon on him, and uh, then he he didn't want to put any money in, and that's when. Uh, that's when we uh, got the redhead. That's when we got red in here. You guys were talking yesterday about red, though. That you know, in Culpepper's last year uh, was that you guys, or was they? Were they? Oh, that might. Yeah, have that been was us. The earlier show. That was us on uh, and, on Purple Daily. Different and, show, same guys. Yeah, yeah. And Steve Loney was uh, poor Steve Loney. Uh, I mean, poor. Tice, he didn't have a chance last year. Linehan left to be an offense. Linehan didn't leave to be a head coach. He left to be an offensive coordinator someplace else because uh, they wouldn't pay him. And uh, that's that's what did in Culpepper. So, but for Tice's last year, they had about six coaches, and they had a guy doing an offensive line coach and a core and an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Unbelievable. 
Uh, Pat, give us uh, give us your best preview here of the first episode of Royce on Baseball coming up in about five minutes on Score North. Well, you know, when we had uh, Buster on in the past, we kind of had to fit it into a time frame there. I think we got 20 minutes out of Buster when we, t- when we talked to him earlier, so uh, that, that'll be great conversation. And, uh, and then uh, I, I reached into that... Uh, the big baseball mind of Manny, and we had a little conversation around that. And uh, but the Buster conversation is great, and uh, and we, uh, I think I uh, got a couple of uh, old time stories thrown in on the back of it, so uh, people should enjoy it. Awesome. And next week we'll have the uh, Kirk and Kelly doubleheader. Nice, nice. Yeah, Tom. As I said earlier, I couldn't find Tom Kelly's Twitter handle, so I was <laughs> if someone knows it. Just let us yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't hold my breath for that one. Nah, I don't. I, I don't think so. Tell him Sid uh, has a Twitter account. Well, TK can have a Twitter account. Yes, and Twitter uh, and Sid once in a while barks at his guy Jeff Day and says, "I want to put this on on that Twitter thing." <laughs> they do it. They All do right, it. that's awesome. All right, Pat. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, goodbye. All right, uh, we wrap with Roycey every day and his new baseball show. Roycey on baseball is next on Score North, and you can find. Two episodes of the Score North Twin Show every week, Mondays and Wednesdays at 1 o'clock. Glenn Perkins on baseball on Thursdays at 1 o'clock. And also Five Thoughts is podcast only on Fridays right now. But all of those are downloadable in the same podcast feed, Score North Twin Show. Wherever That's a you lot find of podcasts. baseball. It's a lot of baseball talk. It's going to be tough to find anyone that, that commits to the Twins in baseball in terms of a content like that in this town. Just so. hope they're good. I think they're going to be, Mr. Mr. No, I'm glad if they are good. Mr. We need to pump the brakes no, over here. No, we need them to be I good. Mean, I if, want them to be good. Oh, you mean the twins? I thought you meant the shows. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, I, no, I have doubts about the shows too, but I didn't want to bring that up publicly. <laughs> no, with the shows, I look at them the same way I look at baseball. If we're good like 30 percent of the time. We're <laughs> all stars, and now it's yeah. like it's really 25 percent of the time and have a good OBP, right? Exactly. That's so yeah. grounded out. Good Double play. That's okay. I'm all about launch angle and exit velocity. I don't know how are. that works in this analogy to radio, but that's what I'm about. This is great life advice, really. See you guys tomorrow. Well, Gad, um, I'll talk to you later. Bye.